You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. We welcome you into the Go 24-7 podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, we want to say hello. We also want to let you know to hit that subscribe button and make sure you like and comment down below in the video. And if you're listening on audio, maybe on your way to work, your way to the gym, or your way home, wherever you might be listening, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts, we want to make sure that you hit the subscribe button there as well so you know when the latest episodes drop. Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West today as we talk a new hire, defensive line coach hire for the LSU Tigers. Brian Kelly goes out and makes his move. And Glenn, it was a move that was made, obviously, a little over after a month of kind of the official search. Uh, LSU concludes spring ball, most notably, so does South Carolina. And that's where they go and find their man in Columbia, South Carolina, Jimmy Lindsay. which, Glenn, this is a guy that, you know, when you look at the resume, he's got a wealth of experience. Uh, he's got a deep experience in, in this room. I know a lot of people were concerned about, you know, the resume not being, with, I guess, up to par with what LSU wants, especially this stage of kind of the rebuild or the reload. Uh, but Glenn, kind of, you know, break it down. Who is Jimmy Lindsay and what is LSU getting in him? Yeah, I mean, I think probably first and foremost, he's a 23-year coach with a lot of experience coaching in the South. Um, you know, he's networked a lot down here. He's got a lot of relationships down here in the South through who all of his years, whether it was at Western Kentucky, he spent a short stint at Georgia Southern. He was, uh, you know, a number of spots over the last several years. Um, and, you know, he's... Uh, you know, I think it, it's one of those hires where you just, you know, you don't really know what you're getting um, on the surface, but you kind of, I think the biggest thing that I kind of took away from it is that you have to trust what Brian Kelly did here. I mean, yeah. he, uh, you know, he's, you know, serviced a lot of these coaches in the last year and a half and, and brought them in and not all of them have had the, the resumes that, that, you know, a, you know, a guy, uh, that like Lindsay has had, I mean, he's, uh, he's probably somebody that, um, you know, I think LSU is hoping to get in here and take his talents to another level. You know, I think you yeah. can say the same thing about, uh, a guy like cornerbacks coach, Robert Steeples, who a year and a half ago, uh, you know, nobody had really heard of, and he was really had much of much more of a high school background. And here he is, you know, uh, pulling in, you know, four and five star talents and, uh, elite guys out of the transfer portal and, and all that stuff. So uh, I think I just kind of come back to um, trusting Brian Kelly with this. It wasn't a name that I think we heard a whole lot throughout the process, which is why uh, maybe it caught some by surprise. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, the relationship that he has with Matt House, you know, they worked together for uh, about a year at Gardner Webb uh, back in the mid 2000s. So it's been a while since they've worked together, but they, their their paths have certainly crossed since then. When House was at Kentucky and Lindsey was at uh, Western Kentucky, so uh, there, there's a lot of 
you know, I think that, that that relationship probably played a role in who Kelly was deciding on. And then, you know, another big factor here is that it doesn't really mess with um, kind of the goals or trajectories of what they're doing here with the defensive yeah. line. Um, you know, you're still going to have John Jancic coaching the outside linebackers. Uh, Lindsey has been much more of an interior defensive line coach uh, throughout his career. So he's going to stick with that. Um, you still have Gerald Chapman on staff. So you still have a very familiar face who's going to be out there on the field with a lot of those guys. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it was, you know, I, I, I think probably the best way that you can put it is that you hope Kelly gets it right. And that, you know, this yeah. is a guy who can come in and be a development, uh, a really solid developmental piece uh, for, for this D line. Um, it's a step up. I put that in my article. Um, it's a step up for him uh, in terms of recruiting, in terms of expectations. And now we just got to see what, uh, what this guy has. Glenn, I wanted to touch on this because we talked about his experience, and he's got a, lots of experience at some really good stops too. Um, and, and I'm going to throw this on the board as well. But I also I reached out to a guy that was a couple years older than me in high school that went and played uh, at Georgia Southern, and uh, in, or this I was actually in middle school. He was in high school at the time, and he was there towards the end of the tenure of of um, Lindsey. And he said, "Look, the guy players loved him." So he said, "You know that's something that really matters." And we've seen Glenn. Every single coach that is, you know, even in Chapman, which a lot of people thought that Gerald Chapman was going to, you know, get a real look. And, and I think he did get a real look at this job. Uh, and, you know, if he, he stays, that obviously shows he's bought in. But I think that we're seeing a similar tune with you have to have a really good relationship with the kids in your position group. And that's something that, uh, you know, from everything we've heard, Lindsay does have that. Uh, talking about some of the talent that he had at South Carolina, obviously – uh, you know, the, the biggest name that we've seen recently obviously was taken this past week in the draft, and that's Zach Pickens, who was a top 10 recruit overall in the 2019 class per 24-7 sports. But they obviously develops him into the, you know, day two pick he was. Look, I mean, he's walking into a room in Baton Rouge that arguably has the most talent he's ever seen in one room on the same team wearing the same colors. So, Glenn, I mean, is what is the expectation? I mean, this is a guy that can grow into the job. That's where I kind of sit, that he can grow into this new role at a, at a different place, at a higher place. Look, South Carolina had a really good season last year, and he did a good job with that defensive front. Now, look, I love how, you know, we, we put the post on the board, and folks are like, well, the folks on the South Carolina board seem to be glad that he's gone. And, you know, that, and that's just the natural banter between fan bases. But I, I, I like this pickup. And I think that when you look at what the room that he inherits in Baton Rouge, look, you're going to have a lot of guys to help him out. Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, that's going to help his cause, guys that have been here, and they're really, really good players. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you can throw Quincy Wiggins, Jacoby and Guillory, um, you know, Savion Jones. I mean, he's going to be working a lot with those guys. Um, and those are all really high four, four five-star talents that uh, LSU's brought in the last couple of years. So his developmental uh, – I guess, stage of his career is going to be really uh, tested here uh, in the first year and how he can continue to improve those guys. Um, you know, we've seen a lot uh, of improvement, I think, from Jacoby and Guillory with the added reps that he's had uh, this offseason. And now you're going to be getting back Smith and Wingo. And uh, certainly if, if Quincy Wiggins can kind of live up to the, the year two hype and, and, and certainly Savion Jones is a guy that you saw have success and uh, kind of up and down, uh, you know, he was more of a rotational guy last year, but I think he's mm -hmm. going to be seeing the field a lot more this year. So um, those are those are all pieces here that are going to be, um, you know, guys that you you hope are 
at least day two kind of picks uh, in the next couple of years. And certainly in Mason Smith's case, you hope that he can get himself back into that round one consideration uh, with a dominant year uh, in, in, in Baton Rouge and certainly saw flashes of that as a freshman. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I think the, the biggest thing here, at least short term, is going to be how he relates to the players, how he gets in here and starts building the camaraderie and the chemistry of this group. Um, because, you know, it's, it's different when you welcome a new coach in there. Uh, LSU did it a couple of years ago uh, with Brad Davis, and it was it was an adjustment. It was an adjustment mm-hmm. period there, I think, for those players at the time and certainly for Coach Davis. But, you know, a few years later, Brad Davis is probably one of the most respected coaches in this entire staff. And so, um, you know, it can be done. You can kind of make a little bit of a later – pull uh pulling the trigger on a on a coach like this and still see it work out i think the fact that lsu has elite talent across the defensive line is certainly going to help uh lindsey's chances of getting this group uh to where it hopes to go and uh and then the longer you know longer term piece of this is how it affects recruiting which i'm sure we'll get into a little bit more uh in a minute but um certainly i think probably the next several months it's just going to be uh okay how can i best build relationships with these guys uh, get them to buy into what I know as a coach and how I teach and uh, see if that can't rub off on some of the players in a positive way. Well, that minute's up. We're going to talk recruiting right now and what that angle looks like right here. Look, you, when you lost Jamar Kane, we knew that no matter really who you brought in, uh, unless they were making a Jamar Kane clone, you were going to lose a little bit of a step. And you, it was going to be some ground you had to build up uh, in that. You know, with where I saw this on the board and I thought it was a great question. You know, he did pretty solid. Lindsey did pretty solid at South Carolina for where South Carolina was as a program, um, you know, in the early years of Shane Beamer. Uh, obviously, they've got a lot of, you know, momentum rolling now over there in Columbia. But, you know, he, he did a good job with where they were and kind of in their rebuild. Does the LSU logo, and I talk about this a lot on, you know, other podcasts or anything like that, sometimes brand name matters. The LSU logo on the polo, Glenn, how much is that going to affect the job that he can do when he walks into a high school, when he walks into a recruit's home, when he, you know, uh, when he's got the you know, LSU defensive line coach on his Twitter bio and, and they're DMing folks? I mean, how much is that going to affect, you think, in this sense of now he gets to elevate? Because I think just by the virtue of that logo, just by the virtue of that brand, you're going to get to walk into some homes that maybe that door was locked previously. Oh, yeah, it's going to be huge. And, look, I think – um, probably the, the, the most important thing here throughout all of this is that as LSU's been going through uh, their coaching search here, they've they've hosted a number of the top defensive line players in the country the last month or so. I mean, you just had a huge yeah. spring game here where, you know, Colin Simmons was probably the headline player, uh, and he spent a full three days with the LSU staff and uh, was able to really, uh, I think, build on that relationship. Um, you know, our guy Steve Wiltfong had, had a – crystal ball in him in LSU going back to last summer and just reading and, and watching what, uh, what Steve has had to say the last several weeks or the last couple of weeks, I should say. Um, he, he feels as good about it as uh, at, on that crystal ball as any time. And so now you officially have that D line coach in here. You can you know, probably bring back uh, Simmons and a number of the defensive line prospects you're hoping to, uh, to land uh, certainly Dominic McKinley is going to be on that list, mm-hmm. the number one player out of Louisiana. Uh, they they really want him. I mean, he is absolutely far and away their top in-state recruit that they would love to get their hands on. Uh, and Lindsey's going to have to be a big part of selling LSU now that he's here. So uh, we're going to see in the next several months just kind of how 
he adjusts to recruiting in Baton Rouge. It's certainly different than uh, I'd say probably 98% of other programs around the country. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think he's uh, it's from everything we've heard. He's very personable. He relates to the players well. Um, and it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something where, yeah, Matt, I kind of go back to what Matt House said this spring um, when when talking about what he learned back in the SEC for just his one year, uh, and that it's a it's a game that's won in the trenches. And so LSU, mm-hmm. you know, you prioritize quarterbacks for sure, uh, but offensive line and defensive line are probably you know two A and two B in terms of importance of landing the right prospects and competing in this league. Um, and so the defensive line is going to be extremely, extremely important to make sure that it doesn't lose a step. You know, the LSU's done a nice job of recruiting these five-star players the last several years, uh, these high four-star guys on our service. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be really important for Lindsey to step in and, and in the long term, uh, make an impression on, on a lot of these recruits and see if they can't lock down a, a pretty elite 2024 class. And two, I believe that you know the relationships that Jamar Chapman has built with with, uh, with with Chapman building some of these guys. You know, I think that um, yeah, Gerald when, Chapman. Gerald Chapman, Jamar Chapman, different name, different time. Ja- uh, but Gerald Chapman, in this sense, you know what he's been able to do building some of the relationships. If he stays on board, which I don't know about you, Glenn, I mean, he seems pretty bought into what Kelly wants to do and, they like and, and yeah. wanting to be at LSU. So I don't see him leaving since he did not get the job. But I think, too, being able to, you know, those two to work together, uh, that, that's going to be really, really big to see. And it kind of leads us into our next topic of conversation. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. The transfer portal. Uh, LSU fans can breathe a big sigh of relief because the midnight deadline passed on Sunday and no Garrett Nussmeyer entered the portal. And we started to get the feeling, especially after that spring game uh, and, and towards the end of it, that this was a situation where he really wants to be at LSU. Uh, Baton Rouge is where he wants to be, and you know he feels comfortable. Glenn, you, we've been saying it ever since I first came on and we talked right after the Citrus Bowl. They needed to make him feel comfortable, and I think they did their job with that. We may not know all that ins and outs, but he obviously feels comfortable rolling into 2023 with whatever package they have for him. But elsewhere in this portal, I mean, you put up a piece today. I mean, this team's in great shape, really great shape. You know, we had some depth concerns uh, at different places, and you've got places they could go look to, but nothing that really hurt this team. Nobody entered, uh, and they sit really well kind of entering now I'll say you gotta get, you get into the evaluation period. The market is set for the players that are in. They no one else can enter, uh, and now they get to kind of look and see where they want to go. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you know, the probably first and foremost, you got to headline this thing by saying that LSU's got 13 players coming in this summer uh, that were not a part of spring ball. Uh, 12 freshmen and one transfer at Mason Lunsford. So you're going to have five offensive linemen that are new. Uh, the secondary is going to have some new pieces in there as well. So, um, you know, I think it's it's important to add that there is there is some depth coming, um, mm-hmm. which kind of affected the way I looked at the transfer portal um, in this piece that we're talking about here. But, um, you know, just kind of diving into it, I know you also are probably writing about it too, um, just positions that I think LSU could use more – quality veterans uh, in Uh, I think you got to start at safety Um, certainly running back tight end um, another offensive lineman even those all make sense for LSU uh, in terms of what they're looking at here is the portal dust kind of settles and you kind of know who's in and who's out and um, yeah it's just going to be really important I think for LSU to add a couple of pieces here in the next couple weeks um, to, to just solidify some of the depth concerns that you have um, at some of those positions, I, I think running back, you look at it on the surface, it's got six players in it uh, in that room already. Um, when you in, include Caleb Jackson, who's the freshman that's coming in yeah. this summer. Um, but there's there's injury history there and there and you don't know what you're going to get with John Emery. And, you know, we, we kind of said that verbatim on the board and through articles is, you know, who can you trust in that running back room to be there? Um, on game 13, game 14, when you're potentially yeah. playing in postseason football. Um, last year, that pretty much meant just a healthy Noah Kane and um, John Emery every once in a while. And, um, you know, the, Josh Williams was banged up by that point. And so there's there, there was like there, – there just wasn't a whole ton of options there for LSU, I think, as the yeah. season waned. And I don't think they want to be in that kind of position, which is why – uh, you look at a guy like Logan Diggs out of Notre Dame, who was in the transfer portal, got recruited by Coach Kelly, is a Louisiana native, uh, you know, picked Notre Dame uh, when Coach Kelly was there. Um, makes a lot of sense for LSU to go in and, and bring in a guy uh, like Logan Diggs. And so uh, he had over 800 yards rushing last year, uh, I think six or seven touchdowns. And um, it, is, it brings a different dynamic to this running back room. I think he's a guy that has big playability. Um, he had a 75-yard touchdown reception. He had a 50-yard touchdown run, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's there's there, there's opportunity there to see him uh, and, and to have snaps available to him, too, because of you just don't know what you're going to get uh, out of this running back room. So I think you probably start there. That's pretty much the only name right now that I can confirm that LSU's had interest in and is speaking to and – would love, I think, to add to this roster, but certainly over the next, you know, several days and several weeks, you'll learn more names. And um, LSU's roster right now is at 78 of 85. Uh, Sonny got that confirmed uh, from a number of sources. So you have potentially seven players that you could add. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think LSU's going to get up to seven or anything like close to that. I think they could add maybe two or three more uh, and feel a little bit better about where they're at uh, heading into the uh, heading into the summer. Uh, a name that uh, we haven't mentioned, it's been thrown on our board, but uh, obviously LSU tackle Will Campbell is very uh, familiar with him. He threw up on his Instagram. He was advocating for A.J. Allen, Nebraska running back, played at Neville. Uh, so that's maybe a guy. He's got multi-years of experience left, and like we said, that's nothing official that we've heard or anything. But Will Campbell said, hey, I wouldn't mind having you come and playing as my teammate again in LSU. He entered the portal, uh, and I think he has three years left of eligibility. So, you know, it, 
And we said this, I think, when we talked about the running back position. It's going to be interesting how they handle it, Glenn, because I don't know how many guys, maybe one you could take. And I like the addition if they can go and get Diggs because Diggs has, you know, not as many years of eligibility, and that keeps the door open for Caden Durham, which I think is just a fantastic talent out of Duncanville. And the pitch would have to change if you did bring in A.J. Allen. And, and Glenn, I want to end it with this, kind of on the portal conversation. I sit in the camp of where you add as – this is a talent uh, – you, ha, you have to add as much talent as possible. It is talent accumulating, and you just let it play out on the field. And it feels like LSU is trending towards a roster that is getting to the point. What does it speak to you, having been at spring practice, watching some of the battles happening, obviously being at the spring game, and everyone just said, you know what, we're good. We're going to stay here. I mean, what does that say to you when it talks about buying in from the program, buying in to the staff and, and the vision for LSU? I think it means that the the coaching staff is has got these players and and really locked unison. I think it's um, you know, you, you look at some of these positions like wide receiver and uh, certainly with what you're hoping to get along the offensive line here in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's only five spots, you know, on the yeah. offensive line. There's only three spots at receiver, and yet you have legitimately, I think two, three deep at receiver right now. I mean, you have eight or nine receivers that you're going to be having on this roster that are really, really competent players. And so um, – and then you, you you look at the the Garrett Nussmeyer situation and how he just – he he wanted to be here. I mean, he I think he believes that uh, he's the future of this program. Jaden Daniels certainly has a year left, and I think those two have certainly grown a lot closer in the last year uh, since Jaden got here. Um, but Garrett is a guy that I think – wanted to wait his time you know he he understands that um you know i think the future is his uh to to man this offense and so um i think the fact that lsu also got him involved with a lot of first team reps this this offseason um you know let him know that they're committed to him moving forward so that's another really important piece of all this so um yeah i think it just really more than anything highlights just how uh it, it, the, the player coach relationship and the player program buy-in um, ha, has been there for, for the last several months and with this group, because I think the other thing that we haven't really talked about yet is, you know, LSU, they're probably going to be a top 10 ish team in the country heading into next yeah. year. I mean, like they, I think the, when you win 10 games in your first year under a new program uh, and by all accounts, your roster has improved from last year um, you know, the expectations are a lot higher going into year two here. And I think that there are a lot of players that see that a lot of players that see that opportunities could be on the horizon for them. Um, and potentially, uh, adding some, some hardware to their resumes. I mean, that's kind of the goal here. They won the SEC West last year. Um, and I think that's a great stepping stone to build on. Um, you, you, and certainly I think the way the roster is shaping up here, uh, LSU is going to be right there, I think, with the best of the SEC. Um, and, and I think a lot of the players can see that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go on record and say this. I think it's the best quarterback tandem in the conference and arguably probably in the country, just pure talent-wise. And, look, we don't talk, we're not going to talk about too many other teams until we get to game week previews in the fall. But when you look and you start to look around the SEC West, you start to really feel good about the quarterback situation. And I know there's a lot of internal discussion of, between fans of who should start 
well, look, you're talking about two guys that are more than capable of starting. There's some other programs we've seen recently, um, a program that LSU beat last year that had to go outside after the spring game and bring in a guy. So LSU's in a really good situation. One more name I wanted to mention, and you did a great job of it in your article, was Marlon Martinez, a guy that we kind of thought through the entire process, maybe he's going to test it with some injuries along the offensive line this spring, although that you never want to see that and you don't want that to happen. It's a good result because Martinez got enough first-team reps where he said, and you know, obviously you feel like it as well, he feels like he can contribute and he feels like that he can, you know, step in if need be because, Glenn, it's a little – it's a little uh, too much, uh, I say, sunshine if you're thinking that you're going to roll the same five guys out there. And LSU fans found that out last year. Yeah, I mean, look, there was a lot of attrition, I think, on that offensive line last year, on the interior in particular. I mean, it's, for the first month or so of the season, they were having a different center lined up before Charles Turner finally kind of locked in on that job. Um, and, and Turner missed an entire you know, spring here, and that was great reps for Marlon Martinez and um, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you there. I think that he and Bo Bordelon, Kimo McIniel, mm-hmm. those are guys who are on scholarship that um, you know, were, were part of the, the two-deep uh, offensive line this spring. Um, it, it was it was tough, I know, on LSU to kind of get in the practices that they wanted with the offensive line the way that it was. Um, but uh, I think those reps were invaluable for those players and yeah, you, you never know. I mean, we'll still hear names that trickle out in the next day or two. Um, we don't expect as of Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, for many or any LSU players to enter their name in the portal. But uh, if there was maybe one or two, I might I might lean towards the offensive line just because of mm-hmm. what they have coming in. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I think LSU is just in a great, great spot. And I just um, – yeah, I mean, with their O line, with the depth they have there, um, you, you, the, with what you're bringing in uh, with the freshman talent, just a lot of uh, a lot of optimism, I think, heading into the off season here, um, and, and certainly this is going to be a time for development for that group and and the offense as a whole. Um, you're going to see a lot of Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer videos thrown to the LSU receivers. Uh, I would imagine that those videos start leaking out and sometime during the summer as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be a big, big time summer for LSU, certainly uh, for the offensive line and in this offense that I think is going to have to be the the heart of this team. I think you're, you're looking at this offense as a as the group that's going to have to carry LSU uh, to where they want to go this year. And uh, that's a good place to be in when you got the kind of talent that LSU has on that in that group. Yeah, and a quick clarification for fans. You say, hey, whoa, now, I thought nobody was entering the portal. Uh, compliance has to have the paperwork done by midnight on Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean that someone's name's not in and it hasn't been publicly released or leaked yet. Uh, but like we've said, as of right now, it doesn't feel like there's anything. And you would start to kind of see those social media announcements um, and, and the sources start to, you know, talk, especially with Sonny Ship, who does a fantastic job on our side of, of talking with sources and being well-connected. You would start to kind of see that trickle out in the next 24 hours, I would say. So right now, nothing as we record this at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. But, uh, yeah, no, I know there's going to be one or two fans that say, whoa, whoa, now, you said that on Sunday it was over. It is, but, you know, the paperwork officially has to be signed and dotted lines and everything from there. Hey, as we wrap up here, uh, go check out all the coverage for the NFL draft. If you missed any of it, if you were 
you know, hanging out with the family this weekend. You said, where did LSU players go? Well, we have the some I think the most comprehensive coverage of the NFL draft for LSU Tigers. Obviously, uh, undrafted free agents, a lot of good fits. Uh, Dylan Sanders did a good piece on you know his three best fits of where he felt like some guys went. Um, and Glenn, I know we have a lot of Saints fans. Uh, you have a quick you have a quick draft grade. Um, yeah, I would say maybe a, a solid B. Uh, to be honest, I don't. I mean, outside of LSU, I do not do a ton of draft coverage or <laughs> draft analysis. So, uh, really like their their day one pick and Bryce Brice, yeah. I think is how you pronounce it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I to be determined. It's been a lot of hit and miss for Saints over the last couple of years. So I'm going to leave judgment for a later time. Well, one thing you didn't leave judgment for, and if you want to join in the conversation, was talking about. Um, the other person's favorite uh, NFL team and the quality of the franchise that they have over on the boards. And so Takes that was a running a back fun. top 10. That's, that's <laughs> hey, NFL college football is going to be here before we know it, and the draft just concluded. But seriously, do make sure if you missed it where anyone went, head over to our website. Make sure you get a VIP subscription. You can join in on some of the fun banter that we had uh, and some good board posts all throughout the weekend. Uh, baseball. We're going to get a baseball podcast in this week as well, talking about a, a big weekend they've had against Alabama. They're heading to Auburn uh, this weekend, so getting closer, closer to Hoover, closer to uh, to Glenn. Hoping, praying, crossing his fingers, he gets to make a trip to Omaha. Uh, uh, this summer as well, which that wouldn't be too bad for for Glenn West as well. But hey, that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for tuning in to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Glenn West. Make sure you do a couple things before we go. Subscribe to the channel completely free. It helps us, and it helps you know when the latest episodes drop, whether it's on audio or on YouTube. Either of those things completely free for you to be a part of. And make sure to join uh, go 24-7. We've got some great stuff coming out continuously, talking the portal, talking baseball. Uh, we think we have the best comprehensive coverage of baseball, and I don't think too many people would disagree with that, with Glenn, Dylan, myself, and Sonny doing a fantastic job uh, over here on the site. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Go 24-7 podcast. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.